This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Jody Vance in for Simi on this Friday, and we are very much trying to thread through this program uh, a search for accountability, a search for urgency, for answers, for consequences, in fact, on the money laundering file. Uh, And it it is just such an explosive article that Sam Cooper released on Wednesday. He, of course, our investigative journalist who has been just diving into FOI documents for years now and really shining a light on the corruption, the 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 criminal acts, and the the underbelly, the connection between money laundering and fentanyl, and and the deaths associated with the fentanyl crisis, and how the money laundering in casinos have impacted our housing market. Like it's just it's a big. It's a, it's a Pandora's box. I'm getting a lot of feedback from listeners here, and I want you to keep it coming. Uh, you can email me, Jody at cknw.com. You can text our buzz line at 604-331-BUZZ, 604-331-2899. I've got a text actually from, from, excuse me, from our buzz line on this topic that says, regarding this money laundering, I strongly believe there are top politicians, police, judges, Realtors, as well as other influential people who are involved. I'd be extremely surprised to see it go any further. We are all counting down to the Cullen Inquiry and hopeful that that will be fruitful in in exposing who might have known something that could have saved us from um, being just held captive to this organized crime. Uh, we want to get the very learned perspective of somebody who knows uh, how this all works, and that is Wally Opal, a former BC Attorney General who joins us on the line. Uh, thanks for taking some time out for us, Wally. Always good to be with you, Jody. Okay, so I've got another email from from Barb, and I, I'm going to read it to you because it kind of echoes sort of a summary of what we've been hearing, the frustration of the public and really the undermining of public trust. She says, you keep mentioning that the NDP were the opposition while all this corruption was running rampant with the Liberal government in power. Then Mr. Wilkinson implies that in two and a half years, the NDP should have fixed it. I'm frustrated with the lack of consequences so far, as we all are, but let's put the blame where it belongs squarely with the Liberals, do we honestly believe that any opposition party would have had this information made available to them and wouldn't have brought it to light? This happened on the Liberal watch. No matter who is in power, their job is to work for the people. They let us down in a most criminal way. That's from Barb in Kamloops. How do you answer that? I don't know if there's any real answer to that, but I think when the subject of money laundering comes up, uh, an inordinate amount of blame is 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 uh, sent away of the politicians, and I don't think the political people have that much to do with it. I mean, let's look at this logically for a minute. Okay, these are criminal cases that we're looking at, so so that means we need to have police investigating these things. And I don't know how much police investigation was done during the time that the money laundering was going on. In fact, is going on. The other thing you got to know is that this is a national problem. This is not just a provincial problem. So it is, but we're on we're on in British Columbia, and we're specifically yeah. on in the Lower Mainland. So it really does matter to people listening right now. And one oh, of the I things, if you. I may, the government disbanded the RCMP unit 
after the IGET unit, after the report warned that a figure connected to Asian organized crime bought a stake in a casino and that the regulator allowed it, then left the government to go work at that casino. That's what's in Sam Cooper's story. To say the government's not involved, this seems multi-layered. I didn't, I didn't say the government wasn't involved. I'm, oh, okay. just saying that, I'm just saying that there's an inordinate amount of, uh, of uh, comments made towards what the government does. Keep in mind that governments don't don't direct investigations. Investigations are conducted by the police. But you're absolutely right that when it comes to policy matters, it is a matter for governments to direct the police as to what needs to be investigated. You can't you can't interfere in the investigation, but there is a role for government to play in this. I think that if you're looking at this objectively, there's probably enough blame to go around for everybody. When I say that, that I don't, I think a lot of people probably were not aware of what was happening until uh, all of this came out and a lot of different issues from investigative journalists and everybody else came out. I think that people weren't aware of the, the gravity, the seriousness of what was happening. Well, there's somebody and, who was aware, and that would be Solicitor General Rich Coleman. Well, you know, I can't say that. And I, I don't know. I don't know how much of a role he would have in the day-to-day investigations of crime. I mean, uh, you just don't know. Politicians don't direct investigations. And I'm not covering up here for Rick Coleman, Richard Coleman. He doesn't need my help. But all I'm saying is that you don't tell the police who to investigate and who not to investigate. But you but, can disband an RCMP unit. Because that is what that is what Sam Cooper uncovered, and it happened yeah. in two thousand and nine. And when we spoke with David yeah. Eby, Attorney General yeah. David Eby, with us yeah. on Wednesday, and we said, "Did did Peter German know about this two thousand and nine report?" And David Eby said, "Yes." Now, so that may be the case. I'm, I'm not in. I'm not in a position to really contradict that or, or no. I, I would like one. to. I'd like to tap into your your knowledge and awareness with regard sure. to how. How large has this web been cast? Can we put all of this back into a box? We can't rewind what has happened, how it's impacted our housing market, how it's impacted uh, the downtown east side and really the the drug supply, the recreational drug supply across British Columbia and now across Canada with fentanyl killing people, killing people on the daily. Like, how do we... Absolutely. What do we do? Okay, I can... I think we all have different views of what what we can do and what we can't do. I think the Cullen Commission will give us some answers. But the fact is, we need more investigations. We need more aggressive investigations. The criminal code is fairly clear, uh, but there haven't been that many charges laid. And the charges that have been laid often have resulted in guilty pleas for lesser included charges. Or stayed uh, so, charges on the biggest yeah. case. Like, that was well, a big disappointment. And the public trust is very much being eroded here, Wally. You have to acknowledge that. Like, people are frustrated that the answers are constantly, well, eventually we'll find out. Once we have the well, next well, inquiry, we had Peter German, and now we have the Cullen inquiry. Like, people are feeling the effects of this on a daily basis in and around I'm, the south coast of BC. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defending the system for a minute. And when you say... You'll have to admit. Hey, wait a minute! I don't have to admit anything. Oh. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not on trial. And no, secondly, no, I'm not putting you on trial, yeah. sir. Don't well, take it that way. I'm sorry no, if, if I came across that way. We're just yeah. looking for 
a, a straight line answer. Well, you're sure. well, you're I, more I'm familiar than government in this yeah. province than most. Yeah. That's fair yeah. to say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can tell you that probably what's happened is, and we'll get some answers from the Cullen Commission. Probably what's happened. It seems fairly clear that there wasn't enough investigation going on in this particular area. There hasn't been enough investigation going on in white collar crime. And maybe that has to do with a lack of resources or the lack of uh, priorities on the part of police forces. Those are things that we need to know. Clearly, the area of money laundering has been way out of control and people haven't paid attention to it. So now we have this wake up call. Peter German, I thought, wrote an excellent report about what was happening. And that was an eye opener for for a lot of people. But it should have been known to all those people who are in the investigation business. So maybe they didn't have enough resources. Maybe there weren't enough police officers to investigate these things. So those are things that we need to find out. When you talk about investigative and resources and, and, and police officers, are you referencing the RCMP? Well, I'm mean, all police officers. I'm not, I'm not laying the blame or saying that the RCMP... No, no, I just wondered who you were yeah, referencing, yeah. sir. I'm just trying to no, ca- clarify. That's just my job no, as a no, journalist. No, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a policing issue. It's an enforcement issue. The criminal code is quite clear that these are offenses. And uh, if there are offenses, and if there is evidence there then what should happen is the investigations ought to take place and the Crown should prosecute if there is sufficient evidence for the Crown to prosecute. So that's the way the system works. Right. And, uh, and I, I suspect what's happened is that there hasn't been enough attention paid to any of this, and that's why we had the German report, and uh, that's why we've had all of these other things, and that's why the government appointed Austin Cullen to uh, conduct the Commission of Inquiry to find out what happened, what wasn't done, what should have been done. Uh, clearly, the system has failed insofar as the uh, money laundering has been going on. It's obviously a cancer in the criminal justice system. So what do we do about it? So we have to we have to address it head on and do something about it. With an inquiry like the Cullen inquiry that we're about to embark on, how long do the processes of these usually take? What can what can the citizens of BC expect? Well, you know, I've been involved in five inquiries now, yes. and I can tell you that not one of them ever finished on time. And the reason for that is that once you start peeling away the onion, there becomes more and more substance that you have to look at, and more and more evidence comes to light. And you have to investigate that light. We did the Picton inquiry, and when we started looking at the investigative failures of what took place, more and more evidence came to light. So I think that while there is a timeline that has been set in this case, as there is in all inquiries, I think we have to wait to see what, what evidence comes before Austin Cullen. He's an experienced judge. Uh, he's got very good lawyers that are working with him. And I would expect that... Uh, as, as we hear the evidence, there'll be more evidence that will come to light. And hopefully something concrete will come out of it and that, that we'll all gain from that. that uh, that's what we hope for. That's why they call the inquiry. The purpose of the inquiry is to find out what happened, what didn't happen, and how can we fix it? Yeah, what should have happened. I want to know, uh, in your experience, what we the public, the taxpayer, can expect um, as the Cullen inquiry gets underway? What, what can we see happen? Well, I think that uh, the, the purpose of an inquiry, as I said a moment ago, 
is to conduct an investigation to find out what happened. And uh, I would like to see uh, uh, Austin Cullen and his lawyers call witnesses who can tell us what happened. Where were the mistakes made? What could have been done? Uh, those are things that need to be looked at, and that's why we have the inquiry. It's, uh, you know, another aspect of, the, of this whole thing is the role of the media. I think that the, the investigative journalists that have covered this have done an excellent job. And one of the problems we're getting in a, in a uh, social democracy is we're getting more and more newspapers that are folding, which means that there's a source of investigative journalism that doesn't, uh, doesn't play a role anymore. So I think we need that. I think the, the public deserves answers, and I think all different people can come forward and give those answers. And the media has a very relevant role to play in this. Absolutely. Like, kudos to Sam Cooper and John Waugh. Yep. They have been digging yep. through FOI documents for years on this front. We yep. wouldn't know half of what we know without the hard work know, of and, our investigators, yeah, I, which you're yeah, right. I'm, you're right. Yeah, you know, I'm, dig- I'm digressing here for a minute, uh, Jody, but, you know, I really get alarmed when I see all these newspapers that are folding. You know, in a democracy, we need newspapers that can hold the people who make the decisions their feet to the fire. Yeah. We have to hold uh, the institutions accountable. And, and uh, hopefully so the I, Cullen Inquiry will help with doing that. So my question yeah. about the inquiry, once it is done, probably not in the frame of time that is is being promised or the hopeful, it's kind of like doing renovations on your house. It's going to take twice as long and cost three times as much. We get that. But once it is done, once there is a result in an inquiry such as this, what then are the consequences for those who are identified to be the ones that missed the... That's That's a really good question. First of all, the inquiry, no doubt, will make recommendations. It's important that those recommendations that the inquiry makes be implemented if they're reasonable recommendations. Secondly, uh, if there are recommendations regarding criminal prosecutions, then it's up to the Crown to look at the evidence independently and determine whether or not there's enough evidence to lay criminal charges. Okay, so, so let me just let me just reiterate that because I, I think I understand what you're saying, but I want to make sure that I do. So at the end of the Cullen Inquiry, if it is identified that somebody probably maybe was taking part in criminal activity, that would then go and become a separate case that would then have to be called, witnesses called, uh, lawyered up, and, and a whole separate judicial process. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Okay. Because inquiries have different rules of evidence. Right. In inquiry, you don't have strict rules of evidence when it comes to hearsay that the evidence isn't always tested in cross-examination, right. like a courtroom. So you get a lot of prejudicial evidence that comes out in inquiries. When I did the Picton inquiry, we did a whole bunch of, we heard a whole bunch of evidence that was quite scurrilous. It, you know, the, the blame is thrown around without the opportunity of those people who are blamed to have an opportunity to answer. Right, fair, so, but it also so, gives you that, I'm sorry, I'm up against the clock here, but it also gives yeah. you maybe a nugget that leads yeah. you to one oh, more thing that actually absolutely. gets you to the truth, which is why an inquiry is so important. You know what, Wally? Absolutely. I really you've you've helped shed some light on what we can expect moving forward for a very frustrated public. I thank you for your time. All right. Thank you.